Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. (laughs) What's your sign? Do you know? Let me guess, you're Scorpio. What's your rising? Where's your moon? Scorpios are pretty cool. See, I'm a sage. So they say, I'm a butterfly. I like to play. I'm always aiming into the sky. I point my end. I'm Dr. Craig Martin, live from L.A., 8 p.m. on Thursdays. This is going to be a good show. I'm wrapping up the 12th house, the 12th house of the 12 houses of astrology. And um, I think uh, we have some really good things to talk about tonight as far as the spiritual energy that comes from the common experiences that we have moving through the chart. And that's what this series has been about for me. That's certainly what I've been able to learn, the new information that I've learned, talking about it, having conversations with people, having conversations with you uh, about um, the 12 houses and how we moved from the development of our identity to the way in which we interact with others to a more uh, global idea of um, what it is that we do for others And then now the 11th and 12th house, what our collective belief systems are and the way in which we collectively manifest them. So the 12th house is a complicated house, but I am going to get into that a little bit more tonight after we take a look at the Global Energy Minute. So this is um, a very interesting time, I think, because the Sun, Venus, and Mars are moving so slowly together, so slowly. I mean, Venus has finally passed Mars, but it did take almost two weeks. It's even still just three degrees away from Mars. It's just been a really nice, long union of Venus and Mars and Aries. That energy... Uh, is very creative, it's very fun-loving, it can be a little aggressive, but at the same time, 
It really has a lot of ideas, and it's very stimulating and very motivating. And anybody that's had any um, contact with the Sun-Mars conjunction, meaning that if if you have a cardinal planet in the 20s, of uh, Capricorn, Cancer, uh, Libra, or Aries, then you're going to be really charged up by this energy and somehow it's either going to be creating some conflicts to try and get you to become more motivated or you're going to see some smooth sailing because energy is going to just light your fire. So um, the sun, which has actually also been just tagging along with Mars, is going to now start passing Mars Uh, Mars, obviously, as we're going around, uh, the sun goes through all 12 signs in one year, but it takes Mars uh, two years, and more than two years, two years and a little piece, to go through the same 12 signs. So speed-wise, from the Earth's point of view, the sun is moving faster through the signs. And um, that means that since the sun is just slightly behind Mars still, although they are going at a degree a day, the two of them, and they've just been, the sun's barely been able to catch up, and I was just looking at the ephemeris, and it's barely going to be able to catch up in two more months from now uh, when 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 the sun goes into uh, cancer, Mars is going to only be about 15 degrees behind the sun. So in two months, uh, the sun's only going to be, be able to make a 15 degree separation from Mars, a half of a sign. So it is separating from Mars very slowly. As a matter of fact, it hasn't made the conjunction to Mars yet. That'll be happening this week. A lot more energy, possibly aggressive, but if we're tapping into that on the personal level, it can be extremely creative, motivational, stimulating your initiative. You want to be able to grab onto that. With that, Mercury still hanging out in Pisces, although Mercury is going to quickly be joining them in Aries. Um, with Mercury and Pisces, we're adding a little imagination to it. When Mercury goes into Aries, it's going to be no holds barred, my way or the highway. So everybody is going to be able to get, uh, you know, a little piece of their own personal ego up in a ruffle uh, after next week. We're going to see some real movement, a real shift, and some fairly demonstrative energy coming out of people. Right now, presently tonight, on you know this 11th day of April, uh, the 12th, if you if you happen to be on Greenwich Mean Time already, or even if you're on the East Coast of the United States, we're getting very close to the 12th. Moon is at 12 degrees Taurus, pretty much still in opposition to Saturn. Anybody who had kind of a weird day today, whether it was about money or intimacy or negotiating something with someone or even something very mundane like uh, losing something potentially if, if an object was lost today, uh, spilled or broken, um, that could be the moon and Taurus in opposition to Saturn and Scorpio, something about physical objects and our attachment to them uh, needing to let go of something and uh, you know just a sort of a simple energy a simple prediction Jupiter in Gemini God bless Jupiter and Gemini I think it's been hanging out there keeping us contented uh, Saturn and Scorpio also nothing to worry about right now and then Uranus and Pluto are getting into a tighter square and we've been feeling it globally especially when you're looking at uh, North Korea right now um, but there have been other, obviously, incidences of conflict between authority figures and individuals. Neptune and Pisces, again, 
do your spiritual practice, keep your spiritual practice up, try and do something every day, even if it's just to read an inspirational book, uh, cut a tarot card and read about what that is, uh, look at your, your, your chart, you know, every day, uh, do a prayer, do a meditation, you know, count beads, um, whatever it is, do yoga. Spiritual practice every day is going to be facilitated and magnified by Neptune in Pisces. And that's your Global Energy Minute. I'm Dr. Craig Martin. You're listening to Inside Connection Radio on Blog Talk Radio. The guest call-in number is 213-943-3395. Please feel free to give me a call and check in if you'd like to have me do a reading. Area code 913, it's Dr. Craig, and you're on the Inside Connection. Hi, Dr. Craig. Thanks for taking my call. Really enjoying the show. Oh, thanks. How are you tonight? Um, Hanging in there. It's been kind of a a wild and um, woolly ride. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Have I ever looked at your chart before? I think you have. I think you have in the past. Tell me your first name. Um, Andy, A-N-D-I. And your last initial? S, as in Sam. I think I do have your chart, Andy, if you're March the 24th from Urbana, Illinois. Yep, that's me. So um, just for the purposes of some people who have contacted me and, you know, they're following along with people's charts and they're kind of, you know, studying astrology, your birth information is March 24, 1965, 12.05 12.05 p.m. in the afternoon in Urbana, Illinois. So that's standard time at that time. And uh, anybody who wants to pay attention to the reading or follow along, I know that Andy will be happy to have you there with us. So, um, yeah, it's been a little weird, you said? Yeah, yeah. I've um, got people that are, you know, sick, it seems like, all around me, uh, one friend just getting out of the hospital, a dog that might need some uh, back surgery, um, a spouse recuperating from a back surgery, um, just, you know, uh, I'm in school, I'm uh, trying to apply for a couple of jobs for part-time work, and boy, I've really felt the energy, energetic surge, definitely, um, but I had kind of a question for you since you're talking about the 12th house. Uh-huh. I seem to attract a lot of people in my life with moons in the 12th house. Okay. And I just wondered what the lesson there for me is about that moon in the 12th house in these people. I I live with the moon in the 6th house, so I really can't say that I've ever had trouble yeah, telling especially somebody how I feel. You know. Especially your moon in Capricorn in the sixth, so that you know you you have a very practical side. Um, you know, I to me when I hear about attracting a certain kind of energy, it makes me think about well, what does that energy represent? And oh, many times, regardless of what sign the moon might be in, if it's a twelfth house moon, that person is going to be very sensitive to your needs. And um, you'd have to see, like, have you wanted to attract people who uh, might be interested in helping you or saving you? Uh, With Saturn in Pisces and Venus in Pisces and Chiron in Pisces, I mean, I know you're in Aries, 
but is it something spiritual, something spiritual about compassion because you have those three planets in the ninth house? So is there something for you where you're wanting to see that Piscean empathy outside of you, compassion? I mean, that would be the first thing I would ask was, did you universally find those 12th house moons to be, uh, you know, loving and, and, and concerned for your well-being? Were they emotionally connected to you? Boy, that's a good question. Um, I, uh, gosh, I guess what I notice about them is that they have a very difficult time regarding their own emotions in terms of, you know, if you ask them almost universally, the ones I know at least, if I ask, well, how do you feel about that? It's pretty difficult for them um, to identify their feelings. And Have they all I find been men? No. No. That's the strange thing. About, uh, one male and probably about three females with moons in the 12th. And yeah. Sometimes our, yeah. you know, sometimes our lunar energy is difficult for us to access, but it, but normally, you know, we have some idea of, you know, what what that energy feels like. So, to me, I guess, I guess you can say that Moon in the twelfth house could be escapist and isolated, and you know, uh, wary of emotional connection. I find a lot of times that when Pisces energy in particular, Pisces people, get confronted about their emotions, they will often say, oh, no, I'm fine, everything's fine, no, there's nothing wrong. They're, right. they, they're, they're very reluctant because what's going to happen? They're going to burst out crying, you know, and, yeah. and I think many of the conditionings, at least this is, I've, no, I've noticed this in Pisces before many times that that there's a reluctance to say or to, or to even go into that emotional world because verbalizing it becomes so complex for them they have a difficult time. So I guess yeah. I guess that that could universally be something that you saw in them, but the question yep. that I asked you was because you want to frame it back on you. It's just not about sure. them and their qualities. It was like why are they in your life? I wondered if they were emotionally taking care of you in some way. Were they either listening to you, helping you process pain in a way, and you might not have even realized that they were doing it? Because that's the idea of Pisces energy, is that many times it will move through your life with a smile on its face, acting like it's not really absorbing, uh, you know, some of the pain that you're going through. See, there's, a, there's that Pisces complete martyr where they just spend all their time whining. And then there's that Pisces who, who, then there's that Pisces who's like looking at you and feeling everything you're going through and giving you some really brilliant advice because sometimes they have that and then they're smiling. And inside, they're feeling what you're going through really deeply. It's like tearing them up. And then those people sometimes go off and they're the ones that have the drinks. You know, they need to escape yeah. from and wash that away from them. So it, I just got right. a feeling with you having that stellium in in in, um, in Pisces in the ninth house that either you were having these people as spiritual reflections of yourself 
for some reason? I, I mean, just behavior-wise, forget yeah. about saying that they were emotional. Were they giving? Were they kind? Were they compassionate? I would say, uh, for the most part, the majority of them, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, most I, definitely. And I and there's I've certainly learned and am learning an incredible amount. And you just said that spiritual reflection. Most yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, that that's, um, you know, a really uh, important part of what it is that you would learn from them and why they become a reflection of your own Pisces Venus and um, and the ninth house, your ninth house need. And, and if you really want to understand the spiritual basis behind that selflessness, you know, that Piscean selflessness, you have to be able to go and see that Pisces energy in action, you know, somebody who really cares, who can't walk by, you know, a homeless person and not give them a little change or, you know, bring them home and give them a bath for that matter, you know, because because, because somehow they they can't see that and not feel that themselves. And we are going to be talking about that a little bit more in the show tonight because I'm going to be talking about how that occurs and why that occurs and what that collective energy is really all about. So you have that as a part of you, but you're learning Sagittarius. You're learning the higher truth of having your own selflessness in connection with your strong identity. You know, and in connection with being an Aries, um, you're also learning about this, the spirituality behind an empathetic, compassionate selflessness, which is not easy sometimes for you because you've got three strong planets in, in Virgo in the third house, and you've got Moon and Capricorn in the sixth. So you have a very sometimes strong, linear, earthy, practical, doesn't surprise me at all that you would put uh, – some moons and Pisces in your environment so that you could see a little bit of that kind of crazy, why are you acting this way? And they don't have to really give you a linear explanation. They're doing it because they sense that something's wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yoda. Yoda. Yoda was moon in the 12th house, you know, that sort of calm, yet every time there was a disturbance in the force, it was Yoda that winced up his eyes or and felt it from however many light years away, that, that that's, that's that pure, beautiful Pisces energy. It's a connection to all things. And so um, the spirituality behind that is in recognizing that your own individual ego, Aries, or your own individual desire to serve others, Virgo, Capricorn, have a reputation is actually superseded in some way by your connection to everyone around you, that the separation is less real than the connection. Yes. Good point. Yeah, a lot of good food for thought there. Thank you so much. It it also makes me think of, I wonder why, kind of um, symbolic that Yoda lived in a swamp. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah, which is like the Tao of Pooh, and you read the Tao of Pooh, there's a whole thing about being in the swamp and the magic that exists there because everything is kind of stewing there. It's all the collective, you know, sort of stew that's happening in the swamp. It's very vital, but there's a lot of biomass there in the swamp. 
<laughs> like the primordial soup, yeah. <laughs> exactly, that kind of energy. Yeah. Listen, I know well, you have you some, so you definitely have some things, you know, going on in your chart as well. I don't really see anything, I mean, hopefully I don't see anything tragic. You definitely have no. Neptune still moving through your eighth, and it's been flirting with your ninth, which could have to do with hospitalization of a loved one. I think you mentioned that. Yep. But you're going yep. to be going through a time, Andy, and I know we'll talk again, when Neptune's going to move further next year into your ninth house. And over the next 10 years, it's going to travel through all of that Pisces in your ninth house. And you're very much yourself going to be moving closer to your own empathetic, uh, compassionate, and connected nature. You're really going to have a whole renaissance in, in the Pisces part of your chart. Oh, that'll be great. I'll, yeah, I'm it is. That, that sensitivity, that. if you can prepare yourself for it and spiritually recognize that how beautiful that is and how um, it, it is very much like, um, you know, like the, the, the Buddha, very much the meditation and Pisces, the higher truth, ninth house of being able to go into the inner world, the meditative inner world. Yes. Absolutely. This was great because it's going to lead me right into my show topic. And I'm going to <laughs> let you go so I can talk okay. a little bit about it and get to a couple of other people who want me to do thank, a reading tonight. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'll I talk appreciate to you it. again. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. So um, let's just give me a second to talk just a little bit about the 12th house so I can wrap up my series. And, um, the, 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 and I'll take a couple of more callers here. The, the the long and the short, really, of the 12th house, as we saw last week, was that it represents the fertile manifestation ground of the collective. We all have our own individual unconscious energy. And if you know anything about manifestation, if you've read The Secret or, I mean, you know, the law of attraction has been out there now for many years, even though it's a huge Kabbalistic you know, like reality, and anybody that's been in mysticism is, knows that 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 the secret was a secret for you know ten thousand years, and most of the time when it's revealed in a kind of cliche way, like that book. Uh, people grab onto it because what they want to do is they want to be able to manifest physical things. They want to be able to just you know make make wealth, make this, make that, and that's the least. Uh, of the way that, 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 that the law of attraction works. It, it does work that way. You can use it for something as banal as, you know, physical reality, but you could also manifest physical reality by hard work and fair play. Or hard work and not fair play, I guess, if you want. But let's just say that physical reality can manifest from physical effort. And um, you don't have to use the law of attraction to attract, uh, you know, like physical things. The, the law of attraction, though, is based on the idea that our conscious mind, our conscious mind, if we program it properly, will filter down a message into our unconscious mind, and our unconscious mind will manifest it because it's connected to everyone else. So if you think to yourself, gee, I'd like to have a sales opportunity, a sales opportunity, you know, and you say that over and over again, I'm attracting sales opportunities, your unconscious mind will send out energetic feelers into the environment and people will call or email you for sales opportunities. And that's pretty much the way the conscious, unconscious mind works is on that that plane of existence. So 
when we're looking at the 12th house, it does have a personal. It obviously has a personal that we all have an unconscious mind and in our own unconscious is working on manifesting what we would like to be able to bring to ourselves as individuals. But in the greater scheme of things, the 12th house represents a global unconscious, a collective unconscious, whereby the, the, the conscious thoughts of the 11th house, the ideals of the group, are filtered down into our collective unconscious and manifested as the realities that we see around us in the world, whether that's something like the discovery of penicillin or the, the or or something as tragic as 9/11. These events, whether they're the most joyful, whether it's something that mankind can benefit from, or whether it's something that is more of a tragedy. Not that we don't benefit from tragedies; we learn from them. But there's certainly painful ways of learning, um, the, all of those things, all of those events are collectively manifested by the group 12th house. So it does take a fertile ground. In the tarot, it's the card that's represented by the high priestess. And I just want to bring this in because I think it's worth saying that we have a will with, which, which we can think of as a uh, a focused concentration, a focused ability to concentrate on a specific thing. And we have that force of will, okay, that focused concentration. And when we focus on something outside of us, let's say we wanted to just build something, you know, or we wanted to write something, so we focus on it, you know, like, okay, I'm going to sit down every day and I'm going to write, or I'm going to sit down every day and I'm going to paint. What happens is, is that the focus of your will impregnates your unconscious. It's actually an impregnation because that's the only way of looking at it because the unconscious is like fertile soil. So it's like an implantation. And we call it an impregnation because then for things to manifest takes time. So there's a gestation period. All of that happens in the 12th house. All of that happens in the, in the essence of the high priestess. So when we have planets in the 12th house, people who have planets in the 12th house, they're doing work on being in touch with that unconscious on a conscious level. So when when I think astrologers say, look, oh, it's hidden, that's the area of the hidden, it's easy to say that, that it's hidden, but that sort of brushes off the fact that we're all here trying to become more conscious of what is hidden from us about our unconscious lives. If we're, um, you know, uh, jealous people, let's say, in our, in our unconscious, we try so hard not to live with jealousy around us, yet we will attract a situation where we will become jealous so that we can bring it to our conscious that we have that in our unconscious. The collective unconscious represents the hopes and fears of all of us together. And I always like to say things like, you know, thank God when Y2K was happening and we were all so afraid in 2000 that the computers weren't going to skip and change the date and we were all going to, you know, that, that like, say, like, all of Asia didn't believe that. 
You know, the two billion people that live there, they weren't thinking that. So the collective unconscious of the of all of these people wasn't really focused on, you know, a grand global collapse. Now, interestingly, and I want to throw this out here for everybody right now, the media and the way we have the Internet now is even greater in 2013 than it was in the year 2000. And the possibility of creating global consciousness around an issue, global hope or global fear, is much greater. And so our collective ability to manifest a global experience of you know, joy or tragedy has gone up in exponentially as we've been able to communicate with each other and it's one of the responsibilities of the age of Aquarius which is why we have that global consciousness through the internet through the computer through the telephone through television all of those things represent manifestations of global consciousness through Aquarian uh, energy but now we have to realize that the focused energy of the global conscious has the repercussions of manifesting things that we have to be very careful about manifesting so as a group and as people listening to my radio show we want to be able to focus our energy on the energy of North Korea is diffusing we don't want to get involved in the fear-based energy of that and be like oh because it's sensational it doesn't turn out to be good for anybody if something tragic happens it doesn't it doesn't end up being good for us we don't end up being financially better off spiritually better off we don't end up being happier in our lives if we focus on that fear so we have to take our time and our conscious effort and we have to be able to focus it back and say that situation is defusing we should write that on our facebook pages i see the situation in Asia diffusing and becoming a more peaceful environment. I see that, you know, big hurricane in the Gulf of Mexico dissipating and not destroying that city. The power of our collective conscious is just something we are on the verge of tapping into, and it's something magnificent that we're going to be experiencing uh, more and more as, as, you know, the next few years move forward and as we become aware of the powerful energy between our collective conscious drive for happiness and um, safety living you know as human beings on a on a on a planet right we live on a on a, on a volatile on a volatile planet that it has its own ups and downs and how we manage that and that we live with each other and how we can do that in better harmony going to switchboard 718, it's Dr. Craig, and you're on the Inside Connection. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. Um, I was wondering if you could just check out what's going on in my chart. Absolutely. Have I spoken with you before? Oh, this is the first time I'm calling into your show. Okay, great. So, um, tell me your name. My name is Carlos. Carlos. Hold on, Carlos. Um, I gotta get my hands on the right keys. Okay. Um, Carlos, what's your what's the first initial of your last name? It's um R. R. And 
And um, what's your birthday? It's 12-28-1985. Oh, 6 12-1985. Is that right, June the 12th? No, December 28th. Oh, you said, I don't know why I heard 6. Okay, 12-28-1985. Right. At December 12, 28th. 3 a.m. At 3 a.m.? Um, 12.43. Sorry, 12.43. It must be our phone connection. 12.43 a.m. And the birthplace? Tustin, California. Got it. Okay. Are you still living in L.A.? Um, I'm not. I live in um, San Marcos, California now. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm happy to look at your chart for you. You have a few things going on, and um, principally they're focusing around um, some changes in your own personal identity, whether that has to do with someone that's passed away or whether it has to do with a relationship of a sexual nature. Um, Saturn is moving retrograde now back across your Mars and Pluto in your first house. So you're a very relationship-oriented person. You're also extremely hardworking, and you're also extremely sensitive. So you have, like, several layers in your chart, but you're a passionate, very passionate person um, who is very dedicated, you know, and hardworking, reliable, like a typical Capricorn, but you also have Venus in Capricorn, and that's the ruler of your chart. Right now, what jumps out immediately to me, though, is the um, is not only Neptune squaring your natal Saturn, so if you're having some kind of a financial thing going on right now, or work has been weird for you, that's understandable. It's because somebody's not t- giving you the straight business, you know, like somebody's not telling you the full truth of something. But um, right. but the other facet of this is absolutely about home home relationships, living with someone, and uh, like sort of your own personal identity, whether that has to do with your own identity as a man, your own identity sexually, with a relationship that you might be in. There's some tension there because it feels almost like you can't really fully express what it is that you want to express. Saturn on your natal Mars uh, makes makes sort of like a an authority conflict, and since since uh, the Saturn rules your fourth house, it could be coming from your home. Um, uh, you know, you have you have you have Jupiter moving up to the top of your midheaven. So sometime over the summer, there's a better job or a good job or something that actually works out really nicely for you if you're looking for some kind of work. I know you're very young. You're 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 not even 30, so but but you're not. You're what are you? 30, 20 28, 28, right? So you're sort of pre-Saturn return, but you've got a little time for that. Right now it's mostly about focusing on at what level you're feeling betrayed and who's doing that and why they're doing that and how you can kind of clear that out and protect your own financial picture. And then this other sort of thing about intimacy and recreating yourself right now. How are you focusing on yourself energetically? And, you know, it would be a good time for you to keep a journal because you're a really great writer. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Um, there's definitely a lot of stuff going on. 
Do you have a specific question? Um, I guess possibly just what's going on with me relationship-wise, because um, I heard something about my north node um, kind of intersecting my south node or something like that, and um, apparently it's, it's something to do with uh, something I'm supposed to experience in this lifetime. Yeah, relationship, your north node's in the seventh house, and um, I think it's important for you to experience relationship because you also chose Libra rising, so there's a theme there. And there is somewhat of a conflict, though, in that between that need, your need for relationship and your own need for, like, you know, um, your own career, your own reputation, your own sort of social right. standing. And, um, and then you have a very strong... Um, you know, personality. I mean, you don't have to let us know about that on the show, but you have Pluto and conjunct Mars and Scorpio in the first house. You're very, um, you know, uh, magnetic, very um, charismatic, very insightful person, and you're kind of proud of that. And you have to kind of be careful about those energies because where you put your south node was attached to Pluto in the first house. And achieving the relationship goal is going to mean that you're going to have to become very aware of your own need for intimacy. And Pluto and Scorpio in the first means you're going to have to learn to um, transform your own personality over and over again in the face of the relationship. I mean, you do that enough on your own to yourself. But when you're involved in an emotional or sexual intimacy, you're going to have to uh, really allow yourself to break down who you are in your own personal ego. And, and that's going to be pivotal for you. You're not really going to get into that. Um, you know, you're, you're in it. I know you're already 27 or 28, but you're, 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 you're not really going to get into that for another year until your Saturn return happens. So, um, if you've got anybody around you right now who's a little bit older, that's a really good person for you because they could be teaching you something that you need to learn. Still with me? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm gonna I'm gonna take another caller, but it's nice to talk to you tonight. Thank you so much for your insight. That was you're cool. welcome. Thank I'll talk you. to you again sometime. Bye. All right. Uh, area code seven two three. You're on the inside connection. Seven two three. Okay. Hi, you're on the inside connection. Hello. Hello. Hmm. Two callers in a row, huh? Okay. And I'll go back to 723 for a second. Are you there, 723? It's Dr. Craig here on the Inside Connection. Hello. Hi. Do you yeah, want me to look hi. at your Do you want me to look at your chart tonight? Yeah, my hearing code 727. Oh, 727. I guess it came up wrong on my switchboard. Anyway, yeah, sorry yeah. about that. Um, tell me I your idea you were calling me and I was like wow somebody has the area code 723 how weird <laughs> yeah right yeah that's so that's... yeah yeah I'd love you to look into my chart Thank and you. have I looked at it before no I don't think so Mm-mm. okay so tell me your first name 
Uh, my first name is Lisa. And your the first initial of your last name? Uh, J is in Jack. And your birthday, Lisa? Uh, it's April third, nineteen seventy one. April third, nineteen seventy one. Yes. I actually have read for you before, but that's fine. So let me just tell everybody. I I don't think I've talked to you in a long time. I think uh, it's April been like th- April third, nineteen seventy one, and the birth time is eight nineteen p.m. Yeah, that's and right. It's, it's in Dunedin, Florida. D-U-N-E-D-I-N, Florida. Right, exactly. Um, okay, so, you know, what jumps out at me right away, obviously, is your age and the fact that you're in the middle of the Uranian opposition and the Neptune square and Pluto is square your Uranus. And, you know, I mean, you have a lot of energy in your chart that's causing... Uh, change, change, change. You know, I mean, even even Uranus in your sixth house is going to be very close to your sun. I just want to check that. Um, Uranus is going to retrograde at 12 degrees, right? So it's just going to almost be at your sun, but it's definitely going to be on your Chiron. So Uranus in your sixth house is either creating changes at work, changes in your job. It's the ruler of your house of home, so maybe you need to relocate. You know, it's like there's a lot of sudden change and sudden movement energy in your chart, which is going to continue, by the way, 2013 and 2014, because then Pluto is going to conjunct your Mars, Uranus is going to square your Mars, Pluto is going to square your Sun. There, you have you have a couple of years of like. Um, um, generally sort of overthrowing things so that you can create a better expression of your life. Even next year, Neptune is going to be conjunct your Venus. Are you in a relationship right now? I'm sorry, I had to sneeze right when you asked me that. That's okay. Um, <laughs> um, I met someone a few months back, and uh, we're actually not speaking right now so i really had a lot of feelings for him but i had to move yeah well it's like next year you have like a soulmate transit neptune conjunct venus is a very much of a spiritually actualized relationship and if you uh not everybody has that transit obviously very few people because it, it only goes through in any given generation you know like half the chart maybe so people who don't have venus in you know in pisces or aries or something like that they're not going to have that transit in this lifetime and so you are and you happen to be having that next year so it's going to be really like a big year of upheaval what you have to let go of what you have to see as a fantasy what you have to realize you can manifest what you can make happen changes at job changes in your personal identity you're not having any health issues are you no i'm uh actually i'm losing weight and good very healthy good that's yeah. what we want to see with uranus in the sixth house we want to see a positive proactive change for the better in your health um, i've been really really aggressive about my fitness program good i'm really happy to hear really- that because that's the best thing that you could do right now Uranus generally is not a bad energy, but it definitely wants us to shake things up and make a change. 
it's not satisfied with the status quo. So anything you're doing for your health, any changes that you're making in your employment, your job, what it is that you do for work, it's because you're trying to find a better expression of who you are. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. Awesome. <laughs> I'm going to wrap up my show because I only have about another minute or so. But it was really nice to talk to you tonight, and you're welcome to give me a call anytime. Oh, okay. Thank you. Have you're a very good welcome. Night. Have a good night. Excellent. Well, it's so nice to see everybody here tonight. It's so nice to see my listeners in the chat room. You know, I love you guys. And um, the 12th house is indeed deep, and it is something that I think we can all grab a hold of. And as we become more spiritually actualized, we can realize that as a group, uh, what it is that we're collectively able to communicate with each other now at the age of Aquarius is bringing about so much in the way of communication that we can globally focus on things that we would rather manifest as joyful experiences rather than tragedies and rather than giving into our fears, perhaps we could focus more on our hopes. I'm Dr. Craig Martin. I'll talk to you next Thursday night right here on the Inside Connection. I'm going to leave you with Sarah McLaughlin and bring on the wonder. Good night. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.